It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a Wednesday. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Tony Burke joins me on this John and Tony Dog and Pony Show Hump Day Wednesday. How you doing, brother? Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike. Hump Day. I'm doing good, John. Doing great. Take um, All right. Everybody come down off the ledge. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Wildcat Nation, Cardinal Nation, everything's going to be fine. It's it's okay. You stopped at the Second Street Bridge I and did. talked to some people, right? I you? talked to some people. I said, please get off the bridge. It's going to be all right. They said, four one-point losses in a row. They stole that one from us. We won. I know you didn't. M&M Cartage Hotline's open, 384-1450, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. Or you can reach the show through the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Right now, get your uh, free breakfast on Thornton's. You can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottle soda. All you have to do is download the Refreshing Rewards app, Become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Boom. You earn a free breakfast at Thornton's. You can do that now. In fact, do it while I'm talking. Why not? You can still listen. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. We will get to college football. Tony Burke will have his renamed pick of the week. <laughs> it was lock of the week. 7-1 uh, and one has turned into 7-4 and four on the season. He's trending downward, but uh, we're going to give him another shot here, right? Pick of the week. Uh, you know, you just got to get back in the cage and start swinging when you're, when you're on a little bit of a slump. That's right. When you're, when you're throwing up in the garbage can, you got to go back in the bar and get another beer. That makes you feel better. Jump back on it. So um, that's where we stand. We'll give you his pick of the week. If he hits it, it'll go back to being called lock of the week next week. No, he's got to hit two in a row. Okay. Well, there's only two he, weeks he, left, Scooter. He can't get it back that easy. There's only two weeks left. Well, then he'll then we'll transition into college basketball lock of the week. Oh, but yeah. he's got to earn the lock statement back. <laughs> well, you know the worst part is you just get hot and nobody's paying attention, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're hot and they start talking about yeah. it, and all of a sudden, boom. Uh, so it's my fault. Yeah, that's what you're saying. I, I, yeah, because you, you know how hey, you pick. No, I get that. Everybody picks against you. Then they should. Two and four last week on the uh, six. Uh, on they should they should pick against me. That's a good week for me. Uh, college football playoff last night. Nothing really to report here. Everything came out in the wash as we thought it would. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU are still the top four. Tennessee is lurking at number five. I expect them to be in the playoff. LSU up to six, but it's a two-loss LSU team. They lost by 27 at home to Tennessee. Uh, they've got two losses. Now, look, they could go beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. By the way, did you see who LSU plays this week? I know I look. Alabama plays Austin PA. I don't know how to pronounce that. LSU plays UAB. Yeah. It, and the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers are at Auburn this week. And, John, did you see the spread on that game, LSU and UAB? Okay. Scooter, do you know the spread without looking? Because I do. I do not. LSU at home in Death Valley against UAB, who is 5-5. Five and five. And who? What's the number? Uh, Forty-three. That's about what I. It's a nine o'clock night game in Death Valley, which I don't understand at all. 
14 and a half. What? I could not I don't believe know. that. One. I don't know. The Blazers, baby. Vegas. Uh, Scooter just left. He's going to make the bet right now. <laughs> no kidding. I need a producer here. I need you to hang around. Actually, I can do that on my phone, so uh, let me just hop on that. Southern Cal is seventh. <laughs> Alabama's eighth. Nobody else really matters. North Carolina, Clemson, they both got one loss. They're, one of them is going to finish the season, I think, with one loss. But, Tony, no respect for the ACC here. Uh, none at all, John. And Clemson's I, I, I ninth. Think... Carolina's... In Clint, the teens somewhere. Clemson killed them in the Notre Dame game. It, it killed, it killed the, the entire conference. It did. Didn't it? it really did. So we'll talk more about college football as the day goes along. We begin, though, with college basketball. The Cards lose a heartbreaker. The Cats drop the ball against Michigan State or one of those states. Uh, I think it was Michigan State last night. Let's start there. 86-77, double overtime, entertaining game. Not necessarily a well-played game offensively by either team, uh, but, Tony, to me it came down to Kentucky's defense at the end of regulation and at the end of the first overtime when they allowed Malik Hall to get a couple of wide-open dunks. Those are killers. Yeah, I mean, two plays that – I mean, dunks. Just wide-open <laughs> dunks. Not contested dunks. You're not I mean, jumping over a defender or anything. As well as Oscar played. He was he, great. He made a mistake there. Kentucky likes to take the guy guarding the inbounder and jump to who's coming. Well, there was no communication. I mean, if they hit an outside shot, and Coach Burke here, nobody does what Coach Burke likes to do. I 2-3 everything on the inbounds because I want, a, I want a contested shot on the outside, not a dunk. But Kentucky broke down. Yep. And, John, they wanted to put pressure on Michigan State in the backcourt after the first overtime. And it backfired on them. They yeah, the collision between Joey Hauser and Lance Ware that allowed Hauser to get the pass, get it ahead, and it, it ended up being basically a four on two. Yeah, four we, on Wheeler three. fell in the lane. Uh, Wheeler fell as he was chasing from behind. Um, both guys, both Ware, I think it was Lance Ware and Toppin. CJ. You know, it was Toppin and CJ. Yeah. went for the. Uh, Toward the guy in the corner who was going to have an open three, if he got the ball, they both went that way and it left Hall open for the dunk. And the one at the end of regulation, inbounds from under underneath should never happen. Should Somebody's got to stay down by the basket. My old philosophy: you play defense for twenty seconds and you do a great job, and you give up a, a one second layup, and it kills you. It kills you mentally too, going into the the next overtime. I don't care what anybody says, but the other side of that is I give Michigan State a ton of credit because they play defense. Tom Izzo. Out coach Cal last night. Yep, all the way around, and they were tougher. I thought Kentucky played good defense most of the game till the end, but Michigan State—they don't give you—they they take you out of your offense, and I think that's what happened to Kentucky. And Kentucky missed three throws down the stretch too. Could he? Yeah, uh, the freshman Casey Wallace, who played great by played the way, great. missed a couple. Uh, Wheeler missed one. Um, what, questionable shot by Sheboy. Questionable 15-foot jumper with a hand in his face uh, when he doesn't have to do that. He had 22 and 18 last night. Uh, four block shots as well, but he fouled out late in that first overtime. Um, don't ever listen to Cal again when he says a guy's going to play in spurts. 34 minutes last night. <laughs> That's a spurt. That's for, a long uh, spurt. Oscar Sheboy. And I would imagine it's hard to look down on the bench it and is. he's looking up saying, I'm ready. And to say, now, you know what? You're, you're a double-double machine. 
and I'm going to leave you on the bench. So, And I can tell you as a coach, there's a lot of times you don't want to play guys, but when it comes down to that, and you know what? It's your it, best option. I do agree what they said on the game. That uh, I know you're a big Dickie V fan. Oh, no. But the next two days are the main thing, how Oscar feels today, yep. how his leg feels. Yep. That's and, a good point. And he looked great. I mean, running – I saw a video on Twitter before the game. He went in, dunked it left-handed, and did like an airplane all the way around the court. Didn't he take his knee brace off before the game? And was like, yeah, I don't want this. I, I'm not sure, but I tell you what, the, uh, the player of the year last year looked like the player of the year again last night for a guy who had not played and has been out. Yeah, it's incredible. that uh, He hasn't been any reps at all, 22 and 18. Have you ever seen a guy in recent history that goes in just clear space and grabs the ball with two hands, it, and every time it's his? It felt like every rebound any, was his. Well, he, he, he just knows where the ball's going to be. Yeah. That's incredible. He tracks the ball. Oh, he, no, he doesn't. Uh, what else went wrong? All right, where do we start here? Uh, Three-point shooting, which the first couple games against inferior competition, admittedly. Uh, Kentucky... Played, uh, shot the ball very well last night. C.J. Frederick, one of six from three. And Antonio Reeves, who I wonder, Tony, out loud, why he didn't play more last night. He was only one of three from three-point land. And those two guys weren't on the court a lot at the same time either. That sort of surprised me. You would have to go to a three-guard lineup to do that. But it still kind of surprised me they didn't get those guys on the court together more often to maybe get some more open threes. They were in a three-guard offense. They were with Wheeler, yeah. Wallace, and then one of those two. So, well, excuse me, John. The thing about it was Wallace played so well it kept Wallace one of them out. Of, it kept one of them out of the game because Wheeler had the ball most of the time, and, and Wheeler played well. You don't want him with the ball when he has to score. But Wheeler makes things happen, and he, that little running, that little one-hander getting to the basket puts a lot of pressure on a defense. And the one thing he does do, him and Wallace, and you'll see this the rest of the year, they will dictate defensively out on the floor because Wheeler and Wallace can play some defense out on the floor. Yeah, uh, Wallace, by the way, eight steals. It ties uh, Ashton Higgins for the record in the University of Kentucky for one game. And, he, boy, he had those eight steals early, I think. Uh, before the, those overtimes showed up, he had the eight steals um, Wallace was, had 14 points, 5 of 10, hit a big three uh, in overtime. Uh, at least it felt like a big three-pointer at the time. I, if you're a Kentucky fan right now, Tony, I think this is what you kind of grasp onto. We didn't, we didn't play offense very well, but we took Michigan State double overtime. Michigan State, as you mentioned, played great defense. They are a top-20 team. They may not be ranked right now. They'll be ranked next week. They beat Kentucky. They should have beat Gonzaga. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Um, so they're going to be ranked. Uh, Big Ten, look out here. But if you're a Kentucky fan, you got to say, look, we didn't play very well, and it took them two overtimes to beat us. We didn't shoot it particularly well. Uh, they played great D. We didn't get much out of Toppin. We didn't get much out of uh, Frederick or uh, Antonio Reeves, uh, so we're going to be okay. Damian Collins is going to get better and better. Um, I mean, what's the good thing to glom onto here if you're Kentucky? Well, let me go the opposite way first. Sure. When you put when you get, put Livingston and Collins numbers together, they played 31 minutes. Yikes! They were 0 for 4 yeah. with four rebounds. Now, if you look at Frederick and Reeves, they're three point shooting. Okay, uh, I missed it here. Two of nine. From the field. Reeves did play 22 minutes. He was one for seven from the field. Frederick played 32 Didn't minutes. Didn't feel like he, he played was 22 three, minutes. And, and he was three for seven. So you figure those guys, I think the environment might have been a little big for these guys early in the year. 
because guys like Livingston and Collins looked. I mean, Collins hadn't been playing. You, you got it. You got to give him yeah, some give slack. him a huge break. Yeah. yeah. And but I, I think the, the moment maybe was too big early in the year for a few of these guys, and it and it will slow down, and they'll be fine. Kentucky's going to be really good. That loss is not going to hurt them at all. Kentucky led seventy six seventy three in that second overtime. Was outscored thirteen to one to end the game, and they really went stagnant on the offensive end the last three and a half minutes of that second overtime, Tony. Lance Ware, say what you want. I mean, look, she weighs out with fouls. You got Collins who hasn't played a lot. I don't know who you put in there. Maybe you go, if you're going to go pick and roll, I'm not sure Wheeler Ware are the two guys you want to go pick and roll with. Wheeler's not a guy that's going to, threatened to shoot it from outside, so you just back off if they're going to go pick and roll. Well, if you think about it, the best pick and roll move would have been Wallace and Frederick because they put pressure on you, and Wallace can get to the hole because yes. it's physically strong. But, that you know, it's early in the year, and, and you're figuring things out, and sometimes it just the flow of the game gets out of whack. Michigan State only had nine points off of their bench. So 86 points in double overtime. Their, their starters did a heck of a job and played a ton of minutes. So Joey Hauser was really good. He was. And the, the transfer from Marquette. But, but you don't know, take that game Sissoko. with a grain of salt. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. But I told you before we came on, if I'm Kentucky and he has four fouls, and I know Oscar had four fouls, I'm putting Oscar down on the block and hammering him and telling him, you turn and go right through him. You know, we got to get him out of the game. And if, if it would have been the other way around, if Sasuko or whatever would have fouled out and Oscar would have stayed in the game, different it probably game. would have been a different game. 38.6 from the field for Kentucky. You certainly expect better than that. But as you mentioned, good Michigan State defense. Kentucky's defense was fine. Spartan shot 40.6%. Uh, each team hit seven threes. Kentucky 7 of 25. Michigan State 7 of 19. Here's a number, though, and you you mentioned it, it's even better in overtime for Michigan State. 23 of 27 free throws, Kentucky only 16 of 24. Yeah, Michigan State only missed one three throw. I'm not sure how many they shot in overtime, but they only missed one. And the ones Kentucky missed were big ones. Kentucky out-rebounded the Spartans, or I'm sorry, Michigan State out-rebounded the Cats 45 to 38. That's a little surprising to me. Well, Oscar only had 18 of Kentucky's. <laughs> only 18. Um, steals, Kentucky had 12 steals, including those eight from Case and Wallace. Um, they were pretty much even on assists. Kentucky blocked eight shots. Michigan State only blocked three. 18 turnovers for Sparty, only 15 for Kentucky. Uh, you know, look, that's what a double overtime game is. The stats are going to look even. Everything's going to look even. It's, gonna, it's one or two possessions at the end, and in that second overtime, that was the case. Yeah, and I'm, and again, as I mentioned at the top, those two terrible defensive mistakes. mistakes at the end of regulation and at the end of the first overtime doomed the cat. Yeah, in the second overtime, when you put pressure on them, you're trying to slow them down. But Michigan State ran a great play, and if you're Kentucky and you look back on it, why didn't we just pick them up three quarter court, and make them come up and shoot a contested shot? Yeah, it's, uh, Easy to say. It is. It is. Uh, Hauser, 23 points, 8 rebounds. Malik Hall, a, a veteran senior, 20 points, 5 rebounds. Uh, Kentucky has one day to regroup. Thursday, tomorrow, they'll play at home against South Carolina State. You got a nickname for them, Scooter? Mm. Yeah, I didn't think so. South Carolina State is 0-3. Birds. Some sort of bird. I don't, some kind of bird. That's South Carolina State, some kind of birds. Um <laughs> 7 o'clock, SEC Network tomorrow night. South Carolina State's 0-3, Tony. Uh, 
Uh, Oscar maybe gets a, a day. That's not a bird. I was closer with Cougars. Oscar <laughs> maybe gets another day off here, you think? We'll just see how, how he feels. I don't think that if he plays, he'll have to play a lot. But it's a it's a good feel-good game before Gonzaga. Yeah, you go to Spokane. Don't you love having a Sunday night game Sunday at night at 730? I've got Chargers Chiefs yeah, on, on the other one television. TV. Yep. And I've got Kentucky Gonzaga 730 on the other TV on ESPN. Uh, not at the kennel, but it's still at Spokane, Spokane Arena. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, don't kid yourself. It's a road game for Kentucky here, which they don't do very often against major competition in the preseason. Well, you know, on Sunday sometimes, I get tired Sunday night of pro football. You won't be tired this week. No, I mean of pro football. So, a nice, you know, I can keep up with the pro game and, and, and watch a, uh, uh, some top teams play. be interesting because they both played Michigan State and see how they both come out and play each other. Ought to be a good one. I haven't heard back from the boss, Scooter. I don't know if you have, for, if Dugan has let us know if we're going to Maui for the for the Maui Classic for, for UofL or if we're going to London uh, early December to watch Kentucky and Michigan. Have you heard back from him? I have not, but you have fun in London while I'm putting in for Maui. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take either one. I will not. I'm not. I'm, you're not going to go good. with, the, with no, the team here and go to uh, – London's probably cold as heck right now. Anybody traveling with Bellarmine this weekend? Uh, I'd love to be traveling Bellarmine. They got Clemson Friday night and uh, Duke Monday night. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Be a nice little weekend. I'd rather do that than London. And then they come back uh, and play the Cats. Um, The, let's see, Tuesday after Thanksgiving. A lot of good bonds. I love this time. And they go to Loyola and UCLA. Don't you love this time for sports? You get, I love you're starting to get good basketball games. You've got the football. It used to be terrible basketball this time of year. Yes, but they have it's changed. upped it some. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take Cup a break. Cupcakes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, take it easy uh, over there, Dickie V. Dickie V, just <laughs> look, I'm happy he's healthy. I hope his scan goes well today. He told us eight yeah. times last night he was having a scan today. <laughs> I hope everything goes well. I really do. I'm so tired of listening to him. It's the same Terms over and over and over again. It's okay, baby. PTP or <sighs> take a break. We'll talk about the cards' heartbreaking loss last night. After this, you're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears, Tony Burke in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. Get your text into the show at 502-414-1450. Tony's pick of the week coming up. College football pick of the week, formerly known as the lock of the week. Uh, you can hear my unsponsored six-pack coming up on Friday. Full disclosure, early hint, I'm going to be given a bunch of points in college. And I'm not ever giving points in the NFL anymore. Well, that, that's not true. But Early hint, I'm taking points this week. <laughs> you tired of uh, giving points? I'm giving it and watching What happened in coaches? that Wake Forest game last week? Wake Forest is up one, got fourth and three. And how many are you giving? Three and a half. Three and a half. And they decide on fourth down in the fourth quarter up one to go for it on like fourth and three. Instead of kicking a field goal to go up four, they don't get it. And then what happens? The Carolina, Carolina goes comes down. down. Instead of having to score a touchdown, 
They kick a field goal and win the game. Right? I mean, it's just what it is. <sighs> That's why kids, was kids gambling is not Wake, a good Vegas future. was wrong last week. They had Wake Forest favorite over Carolina. You know why they were wrong? Because you went with them. <laughs> and, and they had Texas seven and a half over TCU. So, you know. They Scooter, got, do you remember this when John said, I'm cheating this week? I am oh, cheating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oklahoma, by the way, unranked, is seven and a half over Oklahoma State this week. That's another one of those games. A bunch of those, always. It's at Oklahoma, <laughs> rivalry game. I get it. But, man, that's a big number in that game. All right, back to basketball. Cardinal fans, I don't know what to tell you. 61-60 Appalachian State. The Mountaineers improved to 3-0. The Cards dropped to 0-3. Three one-point losses. The referees on the court counted the last layup by L. Ellis. Would have given him 31 points and hero status in the win. But after review, the ball left his hand. A scotch too late. Not, not good. Uh, and, you were there, and John. you're sitting at 61-60. I was there. Now, we questioned Calipari and the offense in the, in the second overtime and why certain guys didn't play. And he actually said after the game last night, this one's on me. Of course, there's nothing else the coaches usually – you're not going to blame the players. But I questioned that coaching last night. I questioned Kenny Payne now. I have to. I don't want to. I like Kenny Payne. I think he's going to do a great job. But against Wright State, you don't foul when you have fouls to give at the end. And last night, 24 seconds to go. Appalachian State puts the ball in play 90 feet, 94 feet from their basket. They get across midcourt. Louisville finally fouls with 13 seconds left. Down one. That's 11 wasted seconds there. 11. And you mentioned, you double team, you go for a steal in the backcourt. If you knock a guy down, they call a foul. You're going to foul anyway. If they don't turn it over, you're going to have to foul anyway. That 11 seconds could have helped Louisville win that game last night. App State misses the one and one. Louisville comes down, and as I mentioned, they get a layup, but it's just a little bit after the buzzer, and they lose by one. So, Again, that's two games in a row where end-of-game coaching decisions, and maybe he told them to foul in the backcourt. Right. He didn't say that in his postgame, and I'm sure he didn't. I'm, it, it certainly looked like they were wanting to trap at half court and then foul if they got it across. You just took too much time off the clock. That's plain and simple. I don't know how else to say it. Well, it, it just I was watching the game on TV live, and I thought it was good. I mean, in and, and real time, without replay, Yes, that bucket's good, but I could not believe when they showed it. It was just barely in his fingertips, and what a demoralizing. Yeah. I mean. I mean, it's bad enough the first yes, two games. bad enough. And bad enough that you lose that way, but after the first two games, like you said, I mean, that's crushing. You know, everybody's celebrating. You, you finally got off the snide, and then all of a sudden, referee throws his arms out and says, no good. Yeah, let's re- and, and I, I'll tell you, Tony, I was sitting there, and – I'm sitting in a media area, but I'm by some fans, and I was I was actually looking down when the replay was on the screen, and you could hear the fans just go, All together. oh, no. And I looked up, and the guy in front of me looked at me and said, it was late. And 
cards were celebrating over there in front of Master P. Everybody was having a good time. And it's just crushing to end the game that way. I didn't get the attendance figure last night. It was a loud crowd at the end of that game. The cards trailed the whole game. Never had the lead in that game. Zero. And and that was going to be their first lead of the game. They were down 13 at halftime. It it felt like it stayed that way till there was about five minutes left. Then they sort of started to make the comeback, got it to six, went back up to ten. Then they made the big comeback and, and had a chance to win it. I give the, the crowd credit. They hung around. It wasn't a big crowd, maybe ten or 12,000. But they hung around. They didn't leave to beat the traffic like uh, normally happens in a one-point game. It's, it's, it blows my mind when I'm there and that happens. But they hung around. They were loud at the end. They thought they got the win. I feel bad for the fans. Yeah, the ones that showed up. The weight of Bellerman and Wright State would have came off last night. Yeah, and then I just can't imagine the locker room. I mean, you know, you got to remember as a as a as a card fan that these kids are putting everything on the line. They're showing up every day. They're working hard. There's a you know the and the, the coaches ta- too. The coaches are. I mean, the whole program. And when you think as a fan, it hurts. Can you imagine what it feels like to be one of those kids? Those are kids, and you got to remember that when your whole life revolves around college sports, if you're a Kentucky fan, a Little fan, Indiana fan, Purdue, that these are kids that work at this every day, and it's it's crushing. And and that's going to be hard for U of L to come back off these first three. John, I saw the stat, and I'm not sure what year it was. Said the first Division One team to lose their first three games by one point since 1980 something, and I'm not sure what year it was. But you I couldn't saw find that it on Google. I could not find <laughs> it. And now, this is actually the fourth one point loss in a row for the Cards. They finished last year 51-50 loss to Virginia in the ACC tournament. Who's the next game? Arkansas. A really good. If that's Arkansas. a one point we'll be loss, a one point loss. Louisville's going to be pumped. Yeah, I, I agree with Scooter there. L. Ellis twenty nine points last night. He was uh, eight of eighteen from the field, four of eleven from three. He did. Uh, he had three assists, Tony, but he turned the ball over five times. He's got the ball in his hands the whole game. He played thirty nine minutes again last night. There's nobody coming to help him get the ball up the floor. Then when he gets rid of it, it looks like the other four guys are running around looking for him again. Yeah, and five turnovers is really not that bad not when bad. you have the ball the whole time. And we were talking about me and Scooter were talking before. it. What's going to happen when he gets in foul trouble oh, or maybe tweaks an ankle? That's a great Who, who's question. Who's going to take over? Who's going to bring the ball up the floor? Mike James, I guess? Uh, Lands? And you don't think Arkansas is going to press them from one end of the floor to the other? Percy Miller? I don't know who's going to bring the ball up the floor. Um, Jalen Withers, 10 minutes, five fouls, took one shot, bunch of zeros on his line. Uh, he's he's the second-leading scorer on the team, at least coming into that game. He can't put himself in those situations. And, John, once again, he puts his son in the game in the first half. Explain that to me. <laughs> when Calipari used to put Brad in, he would say, i got to go home to his mama. Yep. I hope that's the same case here. I got to go home to his mom. I'm putting him in. Because if that's the talent level they have to play with, it's going to get worse. Van and Payne played five minutes in that game last night, Tony. Roosevelt Wheeler did not get off the bench. Now, if he's dealing with an injury, I don't know about it. But he had his warm up off, which uh, seemed to indicate he was ready to go into the game. He never got in the game. Payne had uh, a turnover that was on a charge. Um,. He did have two rebounds, but uh, Zan Payne's playing meaningful minutes. You're in trouble. Yeah, bench points eight, three by Trainer and five by Miller, 
And once Both again, those guys hit a three, I think. And you talked about Ellis, 29. He can't be scoring half their points. Well, he is. And he took 18 of the 46 shots. But he needed to take 18 of 46 half shots. Of their, almost half of their shots. Sidney Curry, where was he again? Sidney Curry, uh, no, uh, two points. He scored early. He had a little rebound. He had eight rebounds. He, he had an eight. offensive put back. It was a nice little move. And I thought, okay, maybe he gets going here. He took two more shots the rest of the game, played 17 minutes, only had two fouls. He wasn't in foul trouble. Two turnovers, block shot, just not existent. That's that's the word I would use. It's what like is he's going not on even there? Out there. Does he, is there an, I, I wonder if there's an internal issue between him and the coach and staff because I'm not talking about his minutes, just his play. Well, we had that last year with Chris Mack and Malik, Malik Williams. Remember that, that whole dynamic, uh, that whole drama that was going on with the program. I, I don't feel like that's the case. No, me neither. Um, I did have a buddy of ours, Pito, from uh, the East End, ran into him last night, and he said, it looks like Sidney Curry ate Sidney Curry. He's not in good shape. No. He's not in great shape, which surprises me because Kenny Payne said he put these guys through the wars in the offseason to get them in game shape. And what was Kenny Payne's strength at Kentucky? Individual instruction with big men. Big men. And that, that's what blows my mind. Is Sidney Curry re, revolting back because he's not happy with what he's doing in practice? Good question. And that, that kind of makes me wonder because I've been there when, when some players are not mentally into it and they're not happy with the coach. They, they, they work backwards. And that's what worries me about Sidney Curry because he's got to be a force for that team. Here's something else I asked uh, out loud last night to the people I was sitting around. How much is, is Kenny Payne's coaching staff helping him in this? Because Nolan Smith, as good of a coach as he might be, I don't know how much he helped Coach K. I don't know how much input he had on game planning and uh, situations at the end of games and things like that when it was Coach K and John Shire who was the coach in waiting. And, you know, where are you in the pecking order of Coach K listening to you? And then you got Danny Manning who – did not have a good coaching career at Wake Forest, and I just wonder how much how much help Kenny Payne's getting over there. Who's the other coach? The guy from Oregon, and, I, and I don't he's the guy name. that talks to him. If yes, you watch yes. the huddles and stuff, he's You're the right. guy that walks up and, and and talks to Kenny Payne. I don't see Danny Manning or Nolan Smith doing anything coaching strategy wise. They might be. Hey, let's let's give Danny Manning credit. He was going up to him, letting him know the foul situations. <laughs> Stop. He was. Oh, stop. He went oh. up to him two or three times. Where was he? Where was he against Wright State when they could foul at the end and didn't? <laughs> all right. Let me ask you that. Well, Mister Know It All. That's what Scooter saying. That's why he's talking now about fouls. Hey, so you all brought up Zampane getting yep. minutes, and we talked about Lance Ware earlier. What's more unacceptable, Zampane getting five minutes or Lance Ware getting fifteen? Zampane. Yeah, I think so, too. I just, I just can't imagine him playing any time during the game. When I'm not picking on the kid, but talent-wise. And I think when Damian Collins gets some practice going here, you know, his father passed away. He's been away from the team. When he gets some practice time, you're going to see where tomorrow against South Carolina State, I think, a lot. But I think when Collins gets a lot of practice time in, you're going to see Shibwe, Collins, Toppin will be the big guys, uh, and, and the freshman. Well, we saw oh, Livingston. Oh, we'll get some play, yeah. but you're not, and maybe even Oganya. And and he he went in, made a mistake, got him out of the game. Coach, yeah, I think Cal I was that. just like, hey, this is he's this not is, ready. He's not ready for this. Yeah, 
And then Lance Ware, he, I don't know how, mu- how many minutes yeah. he's going to get when uh, Shebway and Collins are, are full bore. Lance Ware's minutes need to be two and three minutes here and there just yep. to, to release. But somebody. to answer your question, Zan Payne getting in that game in two games now in the first half, it, it tells me one of two things. Dad, mom says he's got a player, or I'm <laughs> changing the locks, or the talent pool on that bench. Is awful right now. Well, we talked about we have not talked about Kamari Landis. Lance. Lance, I'm sorry. So uh, John Landis, great director. Breakfast Club. <laughs> Sixteen Candle. Sorry. No, that's fine. But his numbers are not good. Not good. And he's a guy they need to play. Did and let me ask you this, Scooter. You might know this. He's an Indianapolis kid. Did I you recruit Kamari Lance? Uh maybe briefly. I don't know if it was if we went after him too hard. Um uh, 6'8", 220-pound freshman. Looks he's, like he's got talent. He's now averaging seven-tenths of a point and three-tenths of a rebound. He's the one with the awful hair, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or great hair. It depends on your perspective. Well, L. Ellis's hair, you know, it uh, depends it on who your you perspective. Like the most. Uh, Lance Ware hair versus Kamari Lance hair. Mm, I, push? Is that a push? That's maybe a push. But I, if I had to go go one side or the other, I'd give it to Lance. What about Wheeler going uh Buzzcut. I buzz like cut. it. Yeah. Looks didn't good. even recognize it. Well, what about L. Ellis? Got the headband. L. Ellis is averaging 28 a game. He can eyes. do whatever he wants. That's probably why he misses so many shots. Those yeah. braids get in his eyes. When you – when you, who? L. Ellis. He doesn't miss a whole lot of shots. What are you talking about? He's he's averaging 27 a game now. What's he shooting for a field goal on the per, on the year? I don't know. Why do you ask me <laughs> it's under It's under 50%, <laughs> I promise. Well, everybody's under 50%. If you're under 40, it's bad. Yeah, he may be under 40. But <laughs> all in all, Louisville has to find some other players who are going to score. You talked about Withers not doing anything last night. They can't have games like that. They have to do more as a group. You know, if everybody scores eight or ten points, they add up real quick. But when guys are putting goose eggs and ones and twos up there and you're not that talented, you don't have an opportunity. L. Ellis is averaging 24 points per game now. He is shooting 47.2% from the field. Better, better than I thought. That's respectable. Yeah. He's 80% at the line. 10 of 27, that's 37% from three-point land. And L. did miss a few and three And he's throws. the only option. Mm-hmm. And he did miss a couple three throws. He did. He's, he's uh, 8 of 10 on the year. So, let, let a couple f bombs fly after him. I'm sorry, he's 12 of 15 <laughs> on the year. But so, don't uh, a lot of people, Scooter, and you probably true. did too on a few of your bets. He's 12 out of 15, but you're right. He did miss a couple of really crucial ones last yeah, night. Yeah, he did. All right, cards uh, again. Arkansas on Monday from Maui, five o'clock ESPN two. Give me a guess on the spread of that game, Tony. Wow, I'm going to say Arkansas is going to be. 14 and a half. Ooh, I was going to say 13 and a half. Hall, if you want a preview, uh, I don't find any local TV here tonight, but the Hogs host South Dakota State tonight, 8 o'clock. Arkansas is a 14-point favorite, uh, looking to go 3-0 and as they head to Maui next week. We'll take a break, come back. Tony Burke's pick of the week coming up. We'll talk some college football, Lock. including who's going to get into the playoffs your your final four predictions. In other words, what's going to happen with TCU? After the break, you're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.
Welcome back. Beers on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears, Tony Burke in studio. Final segment on this Wednesday. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450. Join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Last chance on the Thornton's text machine, 502-414-1450. Before we get to college football, some scores to look at from last night in College Hoops, Kansas. Beat Duke. You probably didn't stay up late enough to watch it. I know I didn't. But Kansas uh, ranked sixth over seventh-ranked Duke in the second game of the Champions Classic in Indianapolis last night, 69-64. Tony, what do you make of that one? John Shire's first loss. Uh, are they ready to fire him? No. You can't lose. You can't lose. At Duke. I, I really wasn't that totally impressed, just the, the visual of Duke. They, they're not bad, but they're, they're going to they're gonna have really good games and some bad games. Kansas – They've got some talented players, but nothing stood out for either team. I mean, it's what it is this early in the year, too, but uh, can't take a whole lot from that. By the way, Kentucky's 1-5 in yeah, the last six Champions Classics. It's, it's hard to believe, isn't it? Um, well, I don't know. You're, somebody's going to be 1-5. You're playing Duke one year and then Kansas and then Michigan State. Yeah, but wouldn't you expect more like 3-3? Three and three? I would. I would. Uh, North Carolina struggled last night. Number one team in the country beat Gardner-Webb, who's now 0-3, 72-66. Carolina's got four starters back. Uh, consensus number one coming into the season. They have Freshman, struggled. They have. And that name Gardner-Webb for Kentucky fans. To, ooh, sorry, every time everybody, sorry, Cat fans. Everybody just kind of shivers, don't they? <laughs> uh, upsets last night. Uh, UNLV, I guess this is an upset. They were playing at home. They're 3-0, and but they beat 21st-ranked Dayton. 60 to 52. That's a great trip, though. I'm telling you, when you're a Dayton player and the coach says, We're going to Vegas, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Western Kentucky is 3 0. They beat Indianapolis last night, 68 to 50. They've got the big man in the middle, Steel Sharp, who uh, Jay Billis, I noticed, had on his all mid major team yesterday. Um, WKU got a shot there in Conference USA. I think they definitely do. That, that's. Uh... What uh, Rick Stansberry? Yep, down there. I think he he. I think Rick Stansberry is a good coach. You don't cheat anymore. Not, you can't. Uh, cheat you anymore. can't cheat anymore because yeah, I mean, it's legal. Yeah, you can do it now. Uh, Purdue is three and zero. They beat Marquette seventy five to seventy last night. They struggled. I watched some of that game. Marquette led most of the game, and then Purdue, the big man at the end of the game. I tell you, Edie, he's a big he's dude, huge. man. He is a big dude. Don't get son of a gun, Chief. Right? Yeah, he's that big. Got a live got a live money line on Purdue last night for plus one sixty. That was nice. What are they down? What were they down? Uh, it was That's plus. They were getting plus three and a half. And your guy oh, okay. from Silver Creek at uh, that time. I know what it is. I watched the game last Kaufman night. Kaufman Wren. Kaufman Wren. He looked good. I thought he played very well when I watched. So he he's got a chance to be really be a good player up there. Uh, some interesting games tonight. Late start nine thirty. Gonzaga at Texas in Austin. The Zags number two, the Longhorns number eleven in the country. It is a pick'em on ESPN two. When I get back from my jamboree work at St. X, I'm going to sit down, maybe have a, 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 as you would say, an adult beverage. There you go, and sit down and relax and watch that one. And Michigan, ranked number twentieth in the country, will take on Pitt. Pitt's one and one at the Barclays Center tonight, six o'clock on ESPNU. Michigan's a nine and a half point favorite there. Just a couple of games of interest before we get to college football. Da-da-da. Let's don't waste any more Da-da-da. time, Tony. You're uh, you're overdue here. Pick of the week is who? 
I'm going with Rutgers this week, John. Rutgers oh at home. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? You've got to be kidding me. I'm not sure kidding you. sure you don't want to go with Northwestern or, or – uh, I am going. I'm going to take the points All right. up at Rutgers. 3.30 game on the Big Ten Network. I've said I'm tired. Against of Penn giving, State. I'm tired of taking the team that should be the underdog who's given points, and I'm going to have Penn State win by 14. So it's a uh, what do you got on the number? Nineteen is what I have. All right, that's what I got. Tony Burke Rutgers plus nineteen with Sean the Clifford, the Cincinnati native, uh, eighth year senior. See, there Scooter, I put you in a really bad spot hey, there. Yeah, you're you like, man, now, I can't Scooter. bet that. Now he knows if he does it. Off then the he air, leaves. Scooter said, "Whoever Tony picks, I'm hammering on the on the bets this week." <laughs> yeah, I am betting the opposite. I, I can oh, pretty much that's promise what you, you said. that. Oh, boy. There's, Rutgers? I'd lay off. Then you better not touch you, that you game. You know what? You there, know better what not do? touch that game. I'm going to put a little on the money line for Rutgers. There is that's how, how much I believe in Tony Burke. <laughs> there's how many teams in college football that, to choose from, and you choose Rutgers. I had three other games, and I decided to take the most. The kid that played at Owensboro. I decided year. to take the most points of wow. any of the games I liked. Gosh. And there are, there are a bunch of games I liked this week, but I'm not telling you who they are because you've been making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia, Kentucky. Kentucky is a 22-and-a-half point underdog at home this week, Tony. It's a 3:30 CBS game. Here's the thing about Georgia. They just have to win. They don't need any more style points. It would be a national mystery if they somehow lost games and didn't make it to the playoff because they got Kentucky and Georgia Tech left and then LSU in the uh, SEC championship game. Do the Cats rise above last week and somehow cover this game? I don't say win it, but do they somehow cover the 22-and-a-half? No. Wow, that was plain, simple, quick and to the I, point. I, I, guess, just, I guess we're going off the air early today, Scooter. His <laughs> answers are just yes-no now. <laughs> I just can't see it after what I've seen out of Kentucky's offense. Uh, field position, you know, you can't just run Chris Rodriguez against Georgia. I mean, you can in spots. If you can't throw the ball down the field – then you have no chance. And Did, right now, Kentucky has not been able to block long enough to throw the ball down the field. And there's no excuse to lose to Vanderbilt, okay? I'll preface no by saying that. But is Kentucky fan now expecting too much or maybe uh, not patient enough with the new offensive coordinator here? Because all of a sudden, they want Rich Scangarillo gone. He was, uh, he was fine you know, four games into the season. Well, here's what's happened. The offensive line is so bad, and Kentucky's been used to having – the big blue wall. This is a big big blue sieve. Uh, yeah, it and it, and it you can't win games. Everybody's you know, I hear people can't say run the stuff, ball and you can't keep your quarterback. Say stuff yeah. about Levis and and I I agreed with what they said on the game. It said his agents telling him to get hurt and not play the rest of the year because <laughs> wow he uh, he's getting beat to death. And he's hurt anyway, and when you can't protect a guy. I mean, it's not Will Levis' fault. Yeah, right. maybe he holds the ball a little long, maybe. But when you can't throw the ball down the field and you're getting hit all the time, I mean, ask Tim Couch when he played for the Cleveland Browns how much fun that was. I mean, come on, yeah. that, that's the problem. Yeah. The problem is the offensive line. And when you can't move the football by throwing it, early in the year they could throw it down the field, couldn't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why they were good. But they can't do it against these teams. So uh, Kentucky's got Georgia and Louisville left. Speaking of Louisville, they will host NC State – Somehow, someway, NC State's still in the top 25 in the college football playoff rankings, or 24th, after their loss to Boston College last week. Uh, 3.30. NC State's going to be on their third quarterback. I don't think Malik Cunningham's going to play this weekend for the Cards with that shoulder injury. 
So Brock Doman gets the start. Louisville is a four-point uh, four favorite here, ACC Network. I think if you take a third-string quarterback and second-string quarterback, you take the second-string quarterback, right? I wouldn't touch this game. I would not touch this game for any Scooter reason. Scooter wants to know your pick, though. I'm giving him another one here in a second. <laughs> you have to. Ole Miss. Oh, goodness. Ole Miss, Arkansas. At Arkansas, Ole Miss, two-and-a-half-point favorite there. That's a 7-30 SEC Network game. Ole Miss had a, sh- had a chance to uh, – to beat Alabama last week, well, I couldn't finish it off. I, I hate it's not take, a letdown I, week going I, on the road no, here after I, that game. I hate taking teams giving points on the road, but yeah. I think Lane Kiffin's going to try to prove a point if they if he can. I, right. I like that one a little more. You don't like Rutgers? No, you're still not on board. No, chopping wood. Indiana is at Michigan State. Michigan State Big Ten Network noon game, a ten and a half point favorite there. I said this earlier in the week. Michigan State needs to win this game to become bowl eligible. They got Penn State next week. Uh, so if you're Sparty, it is imperative that you win this game. Indiana's playing for nothing here, Tony. They're on the road. They got a home game with Purdue next week. Do you expect Indiana to have any kind of a fight on them? They, I, they don't have a quarterback. I'm going to say just what Scooter would say. There's no way I would take IU. <laughs> he said Ohio State last week, and they, they barely covered that game again. But it never, doesn't matter. It, it was never in doubt. <laughs> That's so not Just true. Write it down. <laughs> it was in doubt. Uh, Illinois, Michigan. All right, let's go to the top four here. We already talked about Georgia. Number two, Ohio State at Maryland. Ohio State's 27 and a half, 330 on ABC. Uh, Maryland doesn't stink, but is Ohio State, I mean, it's 27 and a half for a reason here. I, I'm, I would take the points if I was betting again. Yeah, I would take Maryland. Maryland at home with uh, – it's not Tua, but it's that other tongue of Iowa. Yeah, that Ohio State's going to win by three Whatever they want to win by. I think they cover. Maryland covers. Uh, and, of course, this is in advance of the Ohio State-Michigan game. The following weekend, Michigan is at home hosting Illinois. Noon start. Illinois, you know, they uh, they dropped the ball against Purdue at home last week. They had to win that game to get to 8-2. and two. They did not. Uh, Michigan's an 18-point favorite on ABC. Early start there. What do you think un- over and under is on that first? Uh, 46. 42. Go under. I don't know, man. And Michigan covers, and it goes under. <sighs> That's hard to do. I know it. That's, That's what I'm, really I'm hard to do. That means Illinois doesn't score any points. Nah, they don't score many. Number four, this is intriguing to me. TCU is fourth in the playoff rankings. Tennessee is lurking. I think Tennessee's going to get in some way, somehow, whether it's the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game being out or perhaps uh, TCU losing. TCU at Baylor, look, they've got it done all year. Somehow, some way, they've trailed in a lot of games, but they're 10-0 and uh, against a Baylor team that you never know what you're going to get. TCU is two-and-a-half on the road, noon start in Waco. I have Fox. taken against TCU all year, and – I'm going to do it again because they're going to lose a game. <laughs> they got Iowa they're State going to lose a game. They got Iowa State next week and then probably Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. They got to lose at some point, right? And if you were riding TCU all year, you'd be making some money, wouldn't you? You'd be making a lot of money. Yep. And I, I, I was good. I was on them most of the year, and I got off of them last week, and it hurt me. Yep. It hurt me because Texas didn't show up for that game. All right. There is a scenario – where three SEC teams get in. TCU loses, loser of the Michigan, and LSU beats Georgia in the championship game. Ohio State or Michigan hammers one of the other ones. Yeah. 
Yeah. Thanks to Tony. Thanks to Scooter. Be back tomorrow. Ed Peake joins me in studio tomorrow. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. <laughs>